All right, hour number two. Welcome in. Just getting started here on hour number two. A lot to cover with you. Long way to go. I mean, hour one, we must have had some fun because it seemed to go back quickly. At least it did for me anyway. Hope it did for you too. Thanks for tuning in. However you're listening or watching, whether it's catching the live stream or listening on the radio, hey to y'all. Feel free to text me on the country please and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That is a 601 number, 601-885-3776. Call me on the Davini phone, Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. It is a 601 number also, 995-1059, 601 Of course, you can tweet me also. It's just at Radio Wyatt. You want to shoot me a tweet? Uh, out here, it just might make it on the show as well. Covered a little bit of ground there in hour one. That was fun. You know, you have uh, every now and then a historical nugget that strikes a, a chord with you today. For me, it was John Madden. It was this day in 2002. Mr. Madden, Coach Madden, made his debut on Monday Night Football. But speaking of coaches... Uh, we were talking about Mike Leach. Yesterday, Mississippi State had their first practice. Let's see what he said. I'll let you hear the open. I, I played that for you where he was saying, hey, you know, what are we sponsored by Coke? We get some golden flake up here on the podium while we're at it. But let's get into some of the Q&A. The first question that Mike Leach got from a reporter last night was um, about a couple of guys from the Jackson metro area. It was a question about Malik Heath and um, – uh, Will Rogers, the quarterback from Brandon. Two guys from this area that, um, you know, the reporter wanted to know how they look on day one and kind of where they stand. Here's Mike Leach's response. Well, Malik didn't participate today. Uh, I thought Will looked pretty good. Will's looked good uh, as uh, things have rolled on. How about that? There was a follow-up about uh, Malik Heath, and he said basically, no, he didn't participate, but we don't, we're not commenting. Don't know for sure what we're going to do. We're still getting some of the facts on that. So uh, that was that. I just thought you'd find that interesting. He, you know, first practice. We know that Malik had a little run in, got himself a ticket and speeding, got arrested for it because he didn't have the license and the insurance. Uh, oh, and he got a DUI. He got the DUI. We'll see if that stands up. Uh, so he didn't practice yesterday. What about, I mean, look, it's one practice, but you know you're going to get the question. What about a quarterback decision? Do you have one guy that's ahead of the others right now? No, we haven't. Uh, I doubt we will until maybe as late as uh, uh, the week before, you know, the game week. It, uh, I hope it doesn't extend that far, but it certainly could. Um, so we're trying to roll them through as we can in these practices, get the best look that we can. It'll be uh, more of a sudden decision than I would like because, um, you know, you'd like to see more body of work out of all of them. Uh, today uh, we repped uh, K.J. Schrader and uh, Will Rogers. Okay, so in terms of the guys they repped in team stuff, and one, two, three in no particular order is K.J. Costello, Garrett Schrader, and Will Rogers, the freshman. Schrader going to be a red shirt sophomore? Is that correct? Yeah, no, because uh, he did not red shirt. He'd actually be a true sophomore. He actually plays, so he's a true sophomore. Mm -hmm. So he's still holding his red shirt in his hand. We had that question 
uh, come in here and I, yeah. I did not know the answer. You know, and honestly, he's got tons of ability. You know, he's got the arm strength for a kid his age. He showed that last year and and all that. But in terms of the kind of athlete he is and the kind of offense he played in in high school, the the way he was used last year as a true freshman, it just would lead you to believe. It, it leads you to look at it and initially go, okay, he may pick it up and the light bulb may come on and he may go on and win the job, but this is not a system that fits Garrett Schrader, and Garrett Schrader doesn't fit this system. That's the way it all looks on the surface. So his skill set is more that of a, a dual threat? Well, the, yeah. Sling it. Yeah, but then you watch him throw, and it's nice. Let me tell you. You know, it's not prototypical. It's not balls up high coming out of his ear like Tom Brady. But, man, when he turns it loose, that sucker, he's got some RPMs on it now. He can throw the ball. My dad but, would say he had some zip on it. He had some zip. <laughs> he had some zip. There's a few more RPMs than some of the other guys. But but it's a little bit more of a long release. It's not necessarily prototypical, you know, feet shoulder width, standing in the pocket. But he can really throw it. And then the thing is, he's six foot five and can absolutely fly. He can absolutely fly. He is an athlete. So I don't know how that's all going to work out. And I do think it's interesting. Sven on YouTube says, I guess Costello will be the starter. Costello's going to be your starter if he's healthy. I'll go ahead and tell you that. And that's not going out on any limbs. It's just that right now inside the team, they're not going to go ahead and stamp it. They want guys to compete. If you were coaching, if I were coaching, we'd be doing the same thing. Uh, how about this? The question was, hey, some schools out here are being transparent about the number of positive coronavirus tests on their team how many guys have tested positive and stuff and uh you know when are you going to do that Here, here's mike leach's response uh if i did i wouldn't tell you um but uh no we generally operate fully healthy here but uh, we've got doctors and people like that uh, uh looking closely into that uh you know at every turn i think we have a great protocol you got any positive cases right if i did i wouldn't tell you well, hey, look, that's honesty. I mean, that's honest. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> uh, more on KJ Costello from Mike Leach. I think that KJ's experience, I think, helps him some. And then uh, and he's still, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, everybody knows each other's name and whatnot. But um, as far as uh, KJ uh, you know, being in tune with uh, this guy goes here, that guy goes there. But I think he does a really good job of uh, taking uh, charge of the huddle. I think he does a good job of, uh, uh, you know, knowing the offense on the run. Um, and I, I, uh, I've been pleased with him, but still we've got a ways to go. All right, here's something. I want everybody to pay attention to this. Coffee Norman sent us a text earlier. He said, Matt, any idea what has – uh, what Coach Leach said to stir some folks up. I'm seeing some tweets today, but I don't know what it's about. Something about a joke, but saying it shouldn't have been said. And and JB, you responded to him on the text line. And it's true. It could be, you never know, it could be going back to the meme that he sent out about the woman who was going to kill her husband, you know, because they were tired of being quarantined together. But it involved a noose, and everybody tried to turn it into a racial thing, even though it wasn't and never was a racial thing. It was just a joke. Now, that could be that. 
But also, you know, some people might have gotten stirred up about this. I haven't seen or heard any reaction to this myself, but this could be it. Um, he was asked about the SEC schedule that came out. Ten games, two opponents added, so you'd have ten conference games and home and away, and it all came out a couple days ago, or on Monday. Yeah, so it all came out on Monday. And this is Mike Leach when he was asked about it last night. So listen closely. Uh, the schedule per, you know, presents... Uh you know, hardship and opportunity for everybody. I don't, I don't really have a better way to do it. I can see, you know, there's some schedules, which, uh, which uh, maybe I'm jealous of, and there's some schedules I'm glad I don't have. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. How would you like to be the schedule guy? I mean, that'd be a fun job, wouldn't it? Being, being the schedule guy, that'd be like being a police officer in Portland, wouldn't it? So there you go. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> And it made it out on Twitter pretty much immediately when he said it last night. He said, imagine being the schedule guy in the SEC. That would be like being a police officer in Portland right now. <laughs> he just says things that, that are true, but right. it comes across crass and right. um, belittling in some ways, I think. But it, it, that's just him. Yeah, that's just him. And, you know, and, and even that one. Okay, and I would say, just like the meme earlier, um, this one, if somebody's upset about it or whatever, because he said being a police officer in Portland is tough. I mean, I guess they just have to be upset. That's silly. Anyway, so there you go. Um, if you're a fan of one of these schools, and that's why you're listening to this show, here's what they are doing, okay? They're not having the gathering. I've told you this, and this kind of goes without saying, but just let me kind of get you... Um, condition because you're going to hear it on this show. I'm going to bring you some of those sound bites from time to time when their coaches and players talk and the schools put it out there. It's not a situation anymore because of COVID where coaches at the podium, the other guys are in the room and they raise their hand and they ask a question. They're not doing that in person. It's all via Zoom online. So last night, they you could tell they put Mike Leach in the same media room where they had it all set up. But likely it's a computer with a webcam, audio going to it, and it's just all set up. It's just there. They just go turn it on. The media relations guy goes, here's the Zoom invitation. Y'all can join it. And everybody joins in who wants to. And then the reporters are wherever they are, remotely, virtually, can ask a question. And they have to like, they have a, I didn't do it, and I don't know that I will. I generally don't do those things. But I may check it out to see exactly how it goes. But somehow they buzz in and like, I have a question. They get to ask a question. And then they have to mute themselves after they ask the question while he answers it. And it's all done remotely, virtually. It's my understanding that players are going to be the same way. And then these schools, State and Ole Miss, are, they're in some cases taking that raw video, making it available to media who want it for some reason, want to use it, go back and listen again, pull the quotes out of it. Uh, it's obviously live. It happens live. They can record it that way. And they are posting it on their YouTube channels. So if you've listened to this and you heard what I played from Lane Kiffin from Monday, or you heard what I played from Leach from last night, those entire Zoom press conferences are available on each school's respective YouTube channel. So like, if you just go to YouTube and you look up Ole Miss, you'll see the Ole Miss Sports YouTube channel or Ole Miss Athletics. If you look up state, just look up Hale State. It's a Hale State Athletics you know, YouTube channel, and you can go watch the whole thing. You hear the questions and everything. Now, you don't see the reporters, but you hear the questions. 
And I think they're going to put that stuff out there the same for players. And so from time to time, uh, you and I'll hear it here because I'll go pull some of that audio audio where we can hear it uh, here on the show and hear what they said. Okay. So just know that's kind of one thing that will be happening. Now, JB sent this to me earlier. I want to check this out here. This is about Lane Kiffin saying something that according to the headline means that Lane Kiffin is 100% super duper agreeing with Jackie Sherrill. Now, what in the world could that be? Lane Kiffin agreeing with Jackie Sherrill? Here's what I mean by that. All right, so the headline here at ESPN.com, this was posted today. Ole Miss Rebels coach Lane Kiffin wants transfer waivers for players with postponed seasons. <laughs> how about this? Ole Miss football, how are you going to disagree? All right, listen up. Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin says that players whose conferences have decided to postpone fall sports should be free to transfer without penalty. During an appearance on the SEC Network yesterday, Kiffin said it's a shame that players aren't able to do so. So here's the quote. Now, I'm not, we're not hearing it, but I'm going to read it to you. What do you think about this? Do you agree or disagree? And y'all can let me know what you think about it. Uh, type in your comment. If you're watching the live stream, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, hey to y'all. Uh, we're live right now in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Uh, hit me up on the text line. It's 885-3776. 885-3776. Text me. That's a 601 area code. Here's the quote from Lane Kiffin. Kids are having their schools or their conferences deciding to shut down. So they can't play. And a lot of them have a lot of money on the line with the next level. Or they just want to play their last year. So it's really unfortunate that the NCAA is not allowing them to transfer and be eligible immediately. We're being told that won't even go into a waiver process, so I feel really bad for those kids. It's not their fault. Lane Kiffin said, why can't they come play somewhere? That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Nick Saban quote on the same issue. He says, I think one of the real consequences of this, if you're a junior or a senior and you have an NFL grade, are you going to play in the spring or is that going to become sort of a JV season with a lot of these juniors and seniors opting out? Can I throw one more thing in there to consider on all this too? There is a belief out there among division one coaches. Listen to this JB. There's a belief out there among division one coaches of a loophole in this opt out stuff that's come down from the NCAA that nobody is touching on. Nobody's reporting on. But apparently, a player can play in up to five games and still then opt out and have their scholarship basically um, guaranteed to renew for them. Says the same thing like uh, previous years, if you're if you don't play in more than four games a certain amount of time in those games, then you can still be redshirted. Right. It's like the redshirt thing again. Except they one, add an additional game that's right. to it. Mm-hmm. That's the belief out there in, in college sports right now. 
and nobody's really talking about it. See, but it would make it be in line with what the NCAA did for baseball players if we remember back in the spring when the season got canceled. Right. Because we've talked about it here on this show with uh, Chris Lamonis and others. You're going to have rosters throughout college baseball this coming year that are going to be loaded down with upperclassmen and older guys, and it's going to be a, a juggling act to figure out where your younger players are going to get all their swings and innings. Well, consequently as well, those kids that are coming out of high school graduating in 2021 aren't going to get the number of offers more than likely, especially baseball players, because mm. there's such a small pool of money to draw from that, um, you know, as I told you yesterday, I've got a friend that coaches at MC and they're only going to sign two kids this year. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know. yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there's this tremendous domino effect. And the reason I said, you know, that Lane Kiffin agrees with Jackie Sherrill, Jackie Sherrill posted on Facebook, uh, back last weekend. Hey, with these leagues shutting down, are they going to allow their kids to transfer and play elsewhere? And if they do that, he said, which they should, is the NCAA going to loosen the scholarship reductions and numbers so that everybody can accommodate them? Are they going to, instead of signing, instead of having 85 scholarship players at an SEC school, you're going to let them have 100? Because if you don't, you what what if you did the right thing their season is canceled you provide if they want a waiver to go play somewhere else go to school somewhere else you give them automatic waiver they come into your school to play for you you they're on scholarship well you can only have so many scholarships per year and in total which would mean if you took transfers without some type of adjustment in your scholarship limits, then you wouldn't be able to go out and sign a full class of 25 guys. You'd only be signing 10 or 15 or 18 or whatever it were. Interesting questions. But Lane Kiffin says he thinks he ought to be able to transfer. That's when all the uh, academic counselors come into view because they're helping these kids. You know, if, if, for example, let's say a kid made a 30 on his ACT and he's got a 3.75 GPA. Yeah. They're going to get him academic money. You know, they're not necessarily going to lead on giving him a full mm. athletic scholarship when they can get money to get his scholarship through another venue. Yeah. It's all but, about working the pieces of pie out. That's it. I mean, and there's only so many pieces, right? It's like yeah. if you're it's like if you're selling shares in your business, there's only 100%. And if you sell more than 100%, you go to jail. Because now you're lying because only 100% of something exists. You better not sell more than 100%. If I have, if I sell 100% of my company and I divide it into four shares equally, what is that? 25% to you, 25% to you, 25% to you, and 25% to me. And doggone each twenty five percent better cost the same amount. <laughs> or we're gonna it have better an, be real. <laughs> and it better be real, or we're gonna have an issue. Um, there was a headline on Outkick with Clay Travis, who said, "Report six Big Ten teams would play a ten game season under a new proposal." A plan being pieced together by Ohio State Athletics Director Gene Smith. It would include six teams from the Big Ten, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, Iowa, and possibly Wisconsin along with Michigan. 
Uh, this is being reported by Jeff Snook. He's an Ohio State reporter slash insider. Quote here, no matter what has been stated publicly, Ohio State's hierarchy hasn't yet given up on playing football this fall, nor should they. And you saw, I'm sure, JB, the headline yesterday where the Ohio High School Athletics Association, because of the governor of Ohio saying, yeah, feel free to go ahead and have contact sports. We're going to allow it. Well, so high, so high school football in Ohio is going to happen. NFL football and the Bengals. That's it. <laughs> yeah, NFL yeah, football is yeah. going to happen. Yet, in between, the biggest fan base in that state, Ohio State, not going to happen. Yet, they can go to a high school game or watch one on Friday night, and they can go to or watch an NFL game on Sunday. But, but by all means, no football on Saturday. It's mm, crazy. Yeah. And a caller that. Uh, he said the only people that can get away with selling more than 100% of air, anything are the airlines. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they sell more seats than they have. That's it. That's it. Unnamed Texter said, I think they should play in another conference. You're talking about the teams themselves and not just the athletes? How about that? Coffee Norman says, Matt, there's no way they could allow transfers right now. Maybe after this season uh, they can, but the roster logistics involved now would be a madhouse, and I agree it's too late for it now. It'd have to be next year. All right. Stay with me in the Farm Bureau studio. A little ways to go. Yeah, I was thinking about this text from Norman, Coffee Norman on the Country Pleasing text line. 601 number 885-3776. So text me at 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. It's 995-1059. 601 number 995-1059. Love to hear your voice today on this hump day. Coffee Norman, what he said was, you know, as of right now, August 19th, of course, and this is a quote coming yesterday from Lane Kiffin on the SEC Network. So we're talking, you know, late August now. There's no way that they could allow transfers right now. Maybe after the season they can, but the roster logistics involved would be a, a madhouse. And and it would. I, I don't know how you would do it right now. You'd have to quarantine for at least... 14 days, wouldn't you, if somebody new came in? If they come in, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the theory if if they're new. Because that not that what they did when everybody reported? Yeah. Yeah, so like you come in and... Get tested. Get tested, yeah. And the ones that had it, they, they quarantined those. Mm-hmm. But as, as Leach alluded to, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm just not yeah. going to tell you who's Yeah, if I did have them, I wouldn't tell you. You know, some <laughs> other teams are taking a different approach, I guess, because I saw this headline about Auburn over to AL.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, updated. Now, this is a couple of days ago. Uh, story, so it's not like this story was out here today. This is a couple of days ago. But Auburn had 34 total positive COVID tests between players and coaches this summer. So that had to that mean it 
it, it would have had to have come from Auburn. The numbers for Auburn, they administered 836 COVID tests to football team and staff this summer with a total of just 34 positive cases since June the 4th. So 34 positive cases since June the 4th out of 136 administered tests. That's pretty good, actually, I would think. Each of Auburn's players were tested at least seven times in the summer. Staff members received five tests apiece in all. Auburn had 33 positive cases in players, one case in the coaching staff. Including, let's see, three of those were asymptomatic positive tests among players upon their initial return to campus in early June. And then it went on to say it's unclear how many of the 34 total positives were asymptomatic, though at least one defensive back, Travion Leonard, experienced symptoms and he posted about it on Instagram which led to his decision to opt out of the 2020 season okay so that's where it is there well I mean I guess you know I don't know that Auburn is going out here and like updating the media every week on who's tested positive it's not like they did that They just gave you a total number of tests, a total number of positives up until that point on Monday. You know, and I don't think any school is required to put that stuff out there, are they? I mean, I really don't think they're required to do it. Well, I mean, in fact, I know they're not sure they're allowed to. I mean, I think I think HIPAA violation is prime considerate right there. Yeah. They're not, not going to like say any Torres ACL in the game before. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Right. Totally different deal. Absolutely. Alabama's not going to allow tailgating. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. This came out today. This is after the SEC put stuff out yesterday. This came out today about the University of Alabama. A day after the SEC revealed who was playing when and where. This uh, Alabama informed ticket holders how their ticketing process would work. Capacity at Bryant-Denny Stadium will be significantly reduced. 20% of the stadium is going to be used to meet social distancing guidelines, according to an email sent to season ticket holders yesterday. That's why they're reporting on it today. Updated capacity of a renovated Bryant-Denny Stadium has not been announced, but 20% of last year's capacity would be 20,364 seats. That'll be weird in that big old stadium in Tuscaloosa. They have many, They have three times that number just for their spring game in Tuscaloosa. But you so know... Think about... I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. When you, when, you, when you say that, the first thing that comes to my mind will be the disparity that will exist in a large stadium like an Alabama stadium. Uh-huh. But then you go to one, say, like uh, Davis Wade uh-huh. or, uh, or or Ole Miss in the, the fact that the stadium's not as big. So, therefore, you're not going to have as many fans available. Yeah. If the percentages were the same. It's, it, it, it almost seems like they need to put a number on it. A number. And that number is available at every venue. Well, see, the thing is, though, I'm confused, JB, because they're saying that it's based on social distancing guidelines. Right. So six feet apart and families or friends 
no yeah. more than six can sit together, and and then you're spaced six feet apart from other people. Yeah. And no the more. other part of it is, is, is how the heck do you determine who gets in and who doesn't? Right. Hey, and let's look at it this way. If you're a BYU fan, how do you decide which six of your kids are going to sit with you? I'm totally kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, go to your point. 61,000 capacity at Mississippi State. Right. Well, if they are at 20%, the same way Alabama is, you're talking twelve thousand, a little over 12,000 people allowed as fans in Davis Wade Stadium. Because of a right. capacity of 61,000, we're doing a percentage of it. Right. And I, and I don't think people realize either that in, also included in their num those numbers are people working. Uh, you know, the the total number, the way I understand it is the total number of people total. that are in the state. Yeah, that's right. Because it's all about space. Right. Hmm. Very interesting, JB. Well, you know, heck. Give me, you know who's going to be louder? Twenty thousand people in Bryant Denny Stadium, or twelve thousand people ringing cowbells in Davis Way. Mm-hmm. And those cowbells are going to be louder. And you know the thing about that is too, we don't know what the capacity is. Nobody knows. The last right. we heard, I mean, I know we we had at one point they said twenty what twenty five percent capacity, and that's what venues have been operating on in Mississippi for a little while, but. Tate Reeves said a couple of days ago he's getting ready to put something out there on what kind of capacity is going to be allowed at these stadiums. And the state of Texas is at 50%. Last we heard in Texas, they're going to do 50%. Well, you're talking about 50,000 people inside Kyle Field in, in uh, College Station, for instance. And that, that is a huge advantage. Huge. Well, but think about this, though. All right, so the SEC puts it out there yesterday, JB. They're like, well, ingress and egress, right? So that means how many people can you shove through this gate to get in the stadium as well as how many people can get out within, okay, so if the gate is X amount of feet wide, (laughs) right, they're supposed to have guidelines on we can't just get shoulder to shoulder and barrel out of here when the game's over. Right. So, I got news for you. Even though the stadium's bigger, the gates at Kyle Field are the same size as the ones at Davis Wade. Yet, they're going to have to flow 50,000 people in and out, and we're going to have to flow 15,000 in and out. Right. So well, the, and the other part of the, the, uh, the factor that I, I think about is how many people are going to try to sneak in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you have that all the time. You know, people trying to get in at halftime or, or people trying to get in when the third quarter is ending, fourth quarter starting. Tell the truth, J.B., have you ever snuck into a ball game? Uh, more than 15 times. Used to do it all the time at Memorial Stadium back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, but it's not like Brooks told somebody to do. Brooks told some guy with a full knee replacement he ought to jump a fence to get into a <laughs> high school game. Just jump the fence. That's all you got to do. The guy's going, man, I had, I've had a full knee replacement. And he goes, doesn't matter. Excuses. Excuse maker. Mark on Twitter said, I see an opportunity to set up something that starts off at 20%, watch the numbers, and then increase it. Yeah, maybe so. Um, 
Yeah, sure. Maybe so. I, if the, like you say, if the numbers allow for that. Flowtown Ghost, you're exactly right. He told me I was wrong for that BYU comment, but and I was wrong for it. But then he sent me laughing emojis. You know, uh, I, it's they're great people. They are. I took my own coffee maker when we played out in BYU in 2016, maybe? 16 or 17. Is that because of the no caffeine rule? Mm-hmm. We were, we were given a heads up ahead of time that, you know, you're not getting caffeinated drinks in their press box, which includes yeah. coffee. That's why Pepsi Free was the first uh, free caffeine soda. Yeah. So I did. I I put a little small coffee maker in my bag, and Jim Ellis and I were sitting in the broadcast booth, and right up under my feet, I had a coffee maker bubbling coffee out of there, all you know, four quarters. True story. All right, uh, a few more texts, and then coming up, we're going to count down 100 teams in 100 days. Today we have two teams on the countdown, one from the Big 12, one from the ACC. One of them, I'm not sure which one yet, one of them is coming up next. Stick around. Well, welcome back. I appreciate you tuning in. We've got about an hour and 15 minutes or so left with you. JB's here, the bus driver. He's going to get you pulled safely right on up to the driveway in the front door, right at the front door, knocking on the door of the drive with Jake Wimberly and Beaver starting at 3 o'clock here in the afternoons. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team. Ready Teddy on the Country Pleasing text line said, I had to run laps because I argued with my coach about 100% being the max. He said he required 110. <laughs> Since I sold him a car three years ago and he brought it up. Yeah, some coaches never forget that stuff, right? Ready Teddy, that's great. You were right. 100% is all there is. There's no such thing as 110%. It sounds good. It gets the point across. <laughs> When he told you you were going to run laps because you were arguing that 100% is the max, not a, you can't do 110%. You said he required 110. When he told you he, you had to run laps, you should have said, how many? And when he said, you're going to run 15 laps, you go, well, you know what? 15 to be 100%. That's all there is. He <laughs> didn't run in 30. Yeah, then he, <laughs> then he doubled it. And said, try that on for size, you smart aleck. I got in a big argument with my sixth grade math teacher. Got in big trouble for it, too. I was the kid. I was not a bad kid. I was not a misbehaving kid or anything like that. And I was not a smart aleck. It was just I was the kid who, if I thought I saw injustice, if I thought I was witnessing something that just frankly needed to be corrected, I felt like it was my responsibility to do so. Grown up or not. <laughs> and let me just tell you, kids, 
that will get your fanny whipped in 1987. Anyway, yeah, Miss Chanel in math class at Russellville Middle School, and she said, I could care less. I said, well, then you could care. She said, no, no, no. That, that, when somebody says that, that means they, that they don't care at all. I said, well, but that didn't make sense. <laughs> Did she wear number five? What do you mean? Oh, Chanel, Chanel. Chanel number five? I don't know. I'm sure she was a really sweet. You didn't get that close to smell her? No. I yeah, think she was a really too close to many of my teachers to smell them either. Right. You don't do that, do you? Not on purpose. Uh, you're not supposed <laughs> to. Uh, unless you're you know, one of these weird stories that comes out of Florida every now and then. But I digress. Uh, I'm just, I think she was a real sweet lady. I, I do think she was a little nervous. <laughs> just all the time. <laughs> I don't know You'd why. You'd be nervous, too, if you're around a bunch of sixth graders all day. Yeah, right. Especially That's trying right. to teach them math. Yeah, I had a buddy. We played ball together in a sixth grade math class, and he broke wind <laughs> in there. And she told him, "You can't do that in here." And he said, "Well, you, you can't tell." So <laughs> he said, "You can't tell somebody when they can and can't do that." She said, "Yes, I can. You can't do that in here." He said, "You can No, he said, "You don't get it. I, I'm if I want to do it, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you can't stop me." He got in big trouble for that. You can see we why Miss Chanel did not like us. But I just told her, you know, it doesn't make sense. If you say, I could care less, you are saying that you could care less. You could care less than you do right now. Which means if you could care less, you must care a little. You're saying then she need to have said, I couldn't. Right. That's what I told her. Less, I right. said the way you're supposed to say it. See, now, th again, this is sixth grade student telling teachers something like this. This ain't going to fly whether the kid's right or not. You don't say this to a teacher, but I did. I said, you don't say that. You should say, I couldn't care less. Because that would mean if you couldn't care less, it means you care so little it's impossible to care less than you already do. Got it? And she said to you, irregardless, get back to work. <laughs> get out in the hall. That's what she said. Out in the hall now. So I went out in the hall and I shut the door. And the door had a glass you know, window in it. So she lectured the class with her back to the door. And I was looking through the door to see what was going on. And my principal, Mr. Baker, walked by and saw me doing that. He thought, he thought I was making faces. In the window. I wasn't. I was just trying to look in there to see what was happening. And she was right at the door. I, that's one of a million paddlings I got between the 6th and 7th, 8th grade. Anyway. Ready, Teddy? I'm there with you. And look how successful we turned out. Sure did. To this point. All right. Uh, unnamed Texas. Uh, no, it was Coffee Norman talking about the transfers. He said, imagine the stink. If Justin Fields were to show up in a locker room at this point as a transfer, I know it. At this point, after a few practices and workouts all summer, and some kid now all of a sudden is relegated to second string, <laughs> it would not go over very well, would it? It would be great for the fan base, but it would not be great for that particular player who's there. All right, here we go. First one of the day. We'll have two today. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let her rip. It's the one hundred teams. One hundred days. 
The Countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Matt Anderson, National Land Realty. They've got the 360-degree interactive drone touring, so if you're looking to buy a property, you can go with Matt and you can watch the drone touring without ever even going out there. See it, 360 degrees. It's really cool. He can help you sell your property also. So call him. Matt Anderson, 601-408-5155-408-5155. Team number 18 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Hokey Hokey High, Virginia Tech. This ain't their fight song, but it's close. Or it, I think it is their fight song, but it takes a little bit for them to kind of get going. But Anyway. What do y'all think about that? It's not a bad fight song, is it, JB? can't hear you, that fight song. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I, I cranked it up there really loud. It is a pretty good fight song. Um, yeah, it is. Let's see what we need to know about Virginia Tech briefly from the ACC. They're in the coastal division of the ACC along with North Carolina, Miami, Pitt, Virginia, Duke, Georgia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech picked third in the coastal division of the ACC by Phil Steele in his preview magazine. You got Justin Fuente there as the coach. After he had all that success at uh, Memphis, right? That's right, just to point out, he's done a pretty good job. Although I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it, you know they've been just awesome as they thought they would be when the when he was hired, when Justin Fuente was hired at Virginia Tech, everybody thought it was just an automatic. Oh, this this they're about to make a jump. They may not be 11 wins every year, but they're going 10 wins, and they're going to every now and then knock off the big boys and challenge. You know, so they've been pretty good. This is going to be Fuente's fifth year. Last year they were 8-5, and five. year before 6-7, and seven. year before 9-4. and four. In his first year they went 10-4. and four. So if you look at it, his, Fuente's best year at Virginia Tech was his first one. When they were a 10-win team, they went 10-4. and four. If you go to last year, eight and five. Okay, they were eight and five in a good conference in the ACC last year. They were five and three. They finished second in that coastal division. But look at them this year. This Vatech team returns 10 of 11 starters on defense, eight starters on offense, including their quarterback. Hooker is his name. Didn't play the entire year last year. But when he did play, he was really productive. Went for 62%, 13 TDs, two interceptions, throwing the football, and was the team's second-leading rusher, added six rushing touchdowns. I just think that, you know, you look at – they've got a ton back. And when you're in year five for a guy like Fuente, it's starting to get to uh, what are you made of time. I mean, I think that's where Virginia Tech is. Fifth year with Fuente. They have not ever been bad. Their worst year was a bowl team. They went 6-6 six and six and lost a bowl game. That was two years ago. They lost a close, high-scoring bowl game to Cincinnati. 
Last year, they lost their bowl game to Kentucky. Last time they won a bowl game was when they beat Arkansas in the Belk Bowl in 2016. That was when Arkansas had some players who got caught shoplifting at the team-organized Belk shopping spree where they were supposed to spend the money on their gift cards. Sure did. Jeremy Sprinkle, a tight end, had like a $200 Belk gift card, went to spend it, and wanted some more, apparently. Shoplifting. Here's your sign. But 10 and 4, 9 and 4, 6 and 7, 8 and 5. That's the trend. It better jump up there to 9 or 10 wins with 18 starters back, including your quarterback, including 10 starters on defense. Better win some conference games, make a jump this year for Justin Fuente, or it's going to start going the other way. And that's just the nature of this thing. That preview brought to you by Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. We'll have team number 17 coming up in hour number three of the show. So stick around for that. I'll see you then. Don't go anywhere. Stay put.